how's it going? Great. Not too bad. Uh, we want to say welcome, everybody, to the brand new Movies ASMR podcast. We have a giant bag of chips that we're going to eat throughout. It's going to be beautiful. We're going to eat the entire bag of chips throughout the course of this episode of the Movies ASMR podcast. I hope this is very calming for you all. We're going to talk in a soothing voice the whole time. I'm going to apply a full face of makeup into the microphone. (laughs) And the soothing sounds will hopefully bring you calm. My deep breathing is going to soothe you to sleep. Okay, on the count of three, we're all going to breathe into the mic. Welcome. You didn't count to three. So. <laughs> we were all in sync though, so that I did it. Awkward. I did it really quietly. How's it going? Pretty good. Good. I enjoyed that calming whispering. Did you? Did I put you all to sleep? That made me yeah. feel good. That's good. Um, welcome everybody to the podcast. This podcast is brought to you by me, Andrew. Um, and also Becca and Sid, who we will introduce shortly. This podcast is titled, We Watch Movies and Then Talk About Them. And um, as always, if you can't guess what we do on the podcast, then I don't know what to tell you anymore because I feel like it's pretty self-explanatory. Pretty obvious. Yep. Um, Let's see here. So I am Andrew. And I am the host of this here podcast. I'm joined at my right hand, as we learned last week, literally at my right hand by Becca. Yes, I'm here. You're here. And on my left hand, Sid. Hiya. How's everybody doing today? Pretty good. Good. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, I'm glad to hear that. Can't complain. I'm sure you could find something. I probably could. But what's the point? As we learn from today's movie... Uh, endless positivity is a, a resource, right? Yeah, I guess so. Gets you out of every situation, mental, every tough spot. Mental fortitude and uh, just being happy. Everything will work out for you. Everything. Every single thing. Mm-hmm. No wonder why my life is garbage. <laughs> <laughs> you just got to be really happy. and. Well, it's hard to be happy when your life is garbage. Mm-hmm. Also, yeah. you just have to be really good at singing. It's true. It's a vicious cycle. Oh, yeah. You just got to become famous overnight. Oh, no. That's how you're going to really be happy. from the get-go. You just need to start <laughs> uploading things to SoundCloud. Be and a SoundCloud day, rapper? Yeah, one day it's going to catch on. Okay. Yeah. I feel like I can do that. Um, is that the, that's what the SoundCloud rappers do in other songs. Right? I can't do that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how you just did that. Half bird. I should stop trying. So today, um, on we watch movies and then talk about them. We watched a movie, and now we're going to talk about it. This is the format. Uh, we are six weeks in? Yeah. Is this episode five? Or s- is, it, is this, this six is or seven? Uh, it might be seven. Heavens, people, what is wrong with us? I don't Could know. Could be six. I don't want to misrepresent here, so I'm about to, I'm about to clarify this right now. This here is episode seven. All right. Five was Django and six was Annihilation, which we did last week. Um, If you haven't listened to our previous episodes, they can be found anywhere podcasts can be found. And if you look somewhere for it and you can't find it, let us know and we'll make sure to upload it there. Our goal is to be everywhere. Um, right at the outset, you can find us on Instagram at movies. We watch is our username movies. We watch (laughs) because we watch, we watch movies and then talk about them is too long for an Instagram username. And we watch movies was taken as a username. (laughs) So movies we watch on Instagram, uh, you'll be able to see there. Uh, I promised he would get a shout out, a shout out to Tice. He's a guy that I work with, he's a graphic designer and he free of charge and of his own goodwill made us our awesome podcast art so thank you tice thanks tice sweet thank you you are the best um today on this year podcast we will be discussing oh brother where art thou um the story of and 
full spoilers. I'm just saying that right now. Um, I'm not going to bother with, oh, let's do some of it not spoilery and some of it spoilery and blah, blah, blah. I mean, this movie came out in 2000. This is an 18-year-old movie. Spoilers If you haven't seen fine. it, that's on you at this point. Yes. Um, so we're going full spoilers. Uh, oh, Brother, Where Art Thou is the story of three escaped convicts. Um, what are their names? Everett, Delmar, and Pete. 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 <laughs> uh, and their journey to find treasure. But the real treasure they find is the friendship they found along the way. <laughs> <laughs> and a positive attitude. <laughs> and a positive attitude. He already had that. Um, so they, they, they go through a bunch of little vignettes. Uh, different things happen. They have the opportunity to learn several lessons, but just kind of don't. And at the end, everything works out for George Clooney. So it's basically Ocean's Eleven. Basically. <laughs> <laughs> the exact same Except movie. They don't get the money this time. <laughs> That's true. But again, they find the real treasure, which is the friendship they found along the way. You're so right. I am right. Um, so that's the basic premise of this year movie that we're going to be talking about. Um, we're going to go around. We're going to do some hot takes. I've got some stuff to uh, look at. Oh, one of the big plot points of this, uh, one of the big things is to remember, is that this is based on the Odyssey. So that's a thing. I'm not hugely familiar with the Odyssey. I studied it a little bit in like ninth grade. I don't remember much. Okay, well we're gonna we're gonna go over some of it. I've got the Wikipedia page pulled up. Perfect. So we're gonna learn a little bit. Uh, you're gonna guys gonna go to school on this year podcast today. So let's do uh, some hot takes, Becca. All right. Um, I would say that my first hot take from this movie is just how this movie kind of wraps up as a whole. I feel like. A lot of things were incredibly unrealistic, but it was so entertaining to watch the entire time. And, you know, it's just one of those movies that's just fun and it's a good time. And I love when movies can do that. So I think that would be my first hot take is that it's just entertaining and good to watch. We thought you was a toad. <laughs> Care for some gopher? <laughs> <laughs> to say, like, I don't think a third of a gopher would. To say, like, I think my uh, a third of a gopher would more awaken my appetite than put it to bed. Yeah. You can have the whole thing. Me and Delma already ate one. <laughs> uh, Sid, hot takes. Um, I love this movie. This is um, I don't know. This is kind of one that I feel like I grew up with. This is one of my dad's favorite movies. Um, and it's just it's so funny. Um, like Becca was saying, it's just a very entertaining movie. Um, and I feel like a lot of times with kind of the Oscar nominated movies and the entertaining movies, there's a split between them and you don't get an Oscar worthy movie that's also an entertaining movie. And I feel like this is a really good mix of it. Um, it's just, it's so funny and, but it's also well done and oh, I just love this movie. It's so good. So funny. So, um, that's a good hot take. Thank you. My hot take is this, is, um, so everybody who knows me knows that Danny Boyle is my favorite director, right? Yes. You yep. know that. That's pretty set in stone. Um, but I'll tell you what, I have been kind of slowly exploring the Coen brothers who directed this film. Uh, I was kind of exploring their catalog a little bit and I'll tell you what, Danny's in trouble. These guys are, every single time, because it's been a few years since I've seen this movie, um, probably five or six years, and I did not remember it being this good. I quite enjoyed it. Um, but every time that I see a Coen Brothers movie, I'm just like, man, you guys are, you guys are killing it. And I haven't even seen the uh, kind of the classics, if you will. Um, kind of the, the big ones, like, I haven't seen... And a lot of people are going to hate me for this one, but I haven't seen The Big Lebowski. I haven't seen Fargo. I haven't seen Miller's Crossing. Fargo was a good one. That's what I'm saying. Like, I haven't seen all of these, like, classic Coen Brothers films. I've seen, um, let's see, Inside Lewin Davis, True Grit, Burn After Reading, No Country for Old Men, um, Over the Art Thou, and really just loved every single one of them. 
And I think that the Coen brothers have such a unique style and not just of directing, but of writing too, in that they're just so dry. It's just Mm -hmm. so incredibly dry. And Mm -hmm. that's like my style of humor to a T. That's what gets me rolling on the floor. And so many scenes in this movie just, just get me going. And I think they're (laughs) hilarious. And I think that the delivery is perfect. And I just love watching movies about dumb people <laughs> who like don't realize they're dumb. I don't know. It's it's a really like niche thing, I guess. Movies about dumb people who don't know they're dumb, but like Dumb and Dumber, for example, like they're just dumb dudes, obviously, but they don't know they're dumb, and it's hilarious because <laughs> pull over. No, thanks. It's a cardigan. <laughs> like <laughs> stuff like that. I like, and I feel like this movie is full of that uh, style of humor. So I'm laughing my head off the whole time. I'm enjoying it a lot. Um, but I also think that there are some kind of some, some deeper points here. Uh, and there actually is, if not a message, at least an examination of things. So that's my hot take. All right. Um, before we get too far into it, Sid, the Academy agrees with you as far as this being at least semi-Oscar worthy. Mm -hmm. It was nominated for two Academy Awards. uh, Best Screenplay based on... So Adapted Screenplay. And Cinematography. Roger Deakins. Who we all know got shafted until Blade Runner 2049. (laughs) For which he won the Oscar for Best Cinematography. Thus cementing its position. Well deserved though. I don't know if we can actually have a podcast without mentioning Blade Runner 2049. I can hardly have a conversation without mentioning Blade Runner 2049. <laughs> That's fair. So, <laughs> um, I mean, how far? We made it 12 minutes into this one. <laughs> and now, just for kicks, I'm going to say there will be blood. Just to have said it. Because, again, <laughs> I can't. just very difficult for me to... Uh, yeah, to to make it through a conversation without mentioning those two movies. <laughs> so I have now mentioned both There Will Be Blood and Blade Runner 2049. Great. Get it out of the way. We can move on. Don't worry, guys. One day... It's coming back. One day oh. we're going to do an episode on either, on both of those movies. No, we're going to do one episode on one of them and another episode on another. We're not going to do both of them in one episode. And they're going to be four-hour-long episodes. And it's just going to be Andrew talking. And it's just going to be me talking. <laughs> Me and Becca will pitch in every how great once they in a are. while. <laughs> Daniel Plainview, people. Let's talk about him for a while. No, let's talk about Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Starring George Clooney and a bunch of dudes that I don't know. Yep. Right? Am I, am Sounds I about right. Here? I mean, I know of them. If you're wondering where you know Pete from, it's Secret Window. That's not where I know him from. Where do you know him from? Transformers and Monk. Which Transformers? Uh, at least the first two. Oh, was he the a- the secret agent in the first one? Yeah, he gets like peed on by Bumblebee. Don't we all? <laughs> Don't we all wish? Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, he does the same voice in this that he does in Secret Window, though. Have you guys, seen, have you guys seen Secret Window? Is that the one with Johnny nope. Depp? That's the one with Johnny Depp. I saw that in a hotel once, and it was terrible. I didn't like it. You can't hear the face I just made it sit, but it was a very <laughs> surprised one. I'm not saying it's incredible. I didn't like but it. But it's a it's it's a low seven. Yeah. Yeah. Plus Johnny Depp in those sweaters. Come on. That Everybody go look up Johnny Depp in Secret Window and tell me that he doesn't rock those sweaters and those glasses and that haircut. He just looks good in that movie. <laughs> and in every movie. Johnny Depp, you're a good looking man if you're listening. It's true. Um, so Except that, in, uh, sorry, I got a bunch, uh, Fantastic Beast. He does not look good in that one. He's in that for like 15 seconds. Still. He remembers what he looks <laughs> He like. doesn't look good in that. Um, so let's see. Oh, that's where I know him from. Okay, so jumping in here. Apparently they're making a Watchmen TV series. Hmm. That's weird. Um, so you have... George Clooney, who we all know from um, Batman and Robin. My favorite Batman. And Batman Beyond, <laughs> I think. I think he's only in one. 
Is he? Yeah, because he realized how bad it was and got out of that. Did he have quick. the bat nipples, or was that? <laughs> That's the bat nipples. Is that the bat nipples? Yeah. Okay, I can remember if that was him or Michael Keaton. Um, is he only in one? I want him to be in more. Uh, we all know him from ER. Oh yeah. And let's see. He's in a lot of movies. We all know who George Clooney is. Um, Tim Blake Nelson as uh, Delmar. He's from... I'm looking through his IMDb. He's from Holes and Hoot. Is he in Holes? Yeah. He's the doctor. Hmm. They made a movie for As I Lay Dying. I'd be interested to see that. He's in that. Um, Really just a bunch of stuff that I've never heard of. But he's been... He's... He does like six roles a year, so good job. What I do know him from is Minority Report. He's the uh, the guy that sells the eyes. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, Minority Report is a great movie. It's a good one. Oh yes. So, let's see here. Um, so, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Back to that. Roger Deakins getting shafted for the cinematography. That was another thing I thought about this movie. Is it's gorgeous. Mm-hmm. It really is. The colors, everything. I love it. So good. As it always is when Roger Deakins is at the helm. He's just a... How many times has he been nominated? Let's find out. He was nominated for the following. He was nominated in the following years. 1995 for Shawshank Redemption. 97 for Fargo. 98 for Kundun. I don't know what that is. 01 for O Brother Where Art Thou. 02 for The Man That Wasn't There. 08 twice... He was nominated twice in 2008 oh my gosh. for wow. No Country for Old Men and The Assassination of Jesse James by the Coward Robert Ford. Nominated in 09 for The Reader, 2011 for True Grit, 2013 for Skyfall, 2014 <laughs> for Prisoners, 2015 for Unbroken, 2016 for Sicario, and finally won in 2018 for Blade Runner 2049. Oh, With a grand total of 14 nominations. Good wow. Heavens. He was so awesome when he accepted that award for Blade Runner, though. Like... His hair was all messed up, and he's just like, yep, I make movies, and I thank you for this. <laughs> he's just a cool dude. Um, so I want to read a little bit about a couple of Wikipedia articles, if we are all right with that, just so that um, I'm sure that we all are aware, but um, a couple of important things here are uh, Deus Ex Machina and The Odyssey, and... I am unfamiliar with one of these two things. So just so we all understand, Deus Ex Machina is a plot device whereby a seemingly unsolvable problem in a story is suddenly and abruptly resolved by an unexpected and seemingly unlikely occurrence. So this movie is basically just a continuous series of Deus Ex Machina. Over and over. Where they're in a situation, and what does he say at the beginning? What's the line? Damn, we're in a tight spot. Yeah. (laughs) I put that in my notes because that's my favorite part of this whole movie. And he says it a couple times. We're in a tight spot. Yeah, they get we're in a tight spot. They get into they get into a bunch of tight spots, and then like something will just happen to save them, and they'll just get out. So when we talk about Deus Ex Machina, and we will, that's what we're talking about. Um, Now, the Odyssey is one of two. This is from Wikipedia. I'm not plagiarizing. It's one of two major ancient Greek epic poems attributed to Homer. It is, in part, a sequel to the Iliad, the other work ascribed to Homer. The Odyssey is fundamental to modern Western canon. It is the second oldest extant work of Western literature. While the Iliad is the oldest, scholars believe the Odyssey was composed near the end of the 8th century BC um, in Greece. The poem mainly focuses on the Greek hero Odysseus, known as Ulysses in Roman myths, which isn't Ulysses... Um, George Clooney's middle name when he introduces himself the first time? I think so. Is he Everett Ulysses? Yes. Sounds right. Does that sound right? Yeah. I saw something in the trivia that says something that the names are similar. Oh, yeah. okay. Um, and his journey home after... So he's going home after the fall of Troy. It takes um, Odysseus 10 years to reach Ithaca after the 10-year Trojan War. In his absence, it is assumed Odysseus has died and his wife Penelope and son Telemachus must deal with a group of unruly suitors who compete for Penelope's hand in marriage. So this really is just the Odyssey, Odyssey. right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so that's that. All right. 
So that's uh, basically the Odyssey. That's the um, the structure of it. So what kind of stuck out to me when we were watching this and um, what kind of surprised me and I didn't really uh, realize the first few times I've seen this is that it's basically Forrest Gump. <laughs> but where Forrest Gump deals with like important moments in history, this is just like Forrest Gump for American culture. Yeah. <laughs> so they just kind of hop around, like I said, into these different vignettes and each one I feel like represents an aspect of American culture and they just kind of are scenery in them. They kind of hop around and things happen and, and we see all these different things. So I want to kind of run through some scenes, um, but that's kind of the, the, the bulk of my notes here is about that. So I'm curious if there's anything that stood out to you guys or things that you want to bring up before we really dive into that. Mm. No, not really anything till trivia. No, mostly just that I also love the music the entire time, I guess would be another hot take before we jump really into dumb. other things is that, I don't know, it's just all like folky and like gospel and old timesy. I don't know. It was really good and fun to listen to. So I'm actually glad you brought that up. That was one more note that I put in here is that the Coen brothers kind of excel at making musicals without them, them seeming musicals. like musicals. Yeah. And I think about this and Inside Lewin Davis mm -hmm. specifically, mm -hmm. where they're both basically musicals. The music forms a huge part of the plot and the character development and all of that. But all of the music is diegetic. Yeah. So like it, it, it happens in the scene of the movie and Becca and I have talked several times about musicals and why I don't usually like them. And it's the fact that like people don't just break out into coordinated numbers, mm -hmm. but they manage except my grandma, except for her grandma. <laughs> what? <laughs> my grandma just sings everything she says. Oh, okay. So it's like <laughs> lame yeah. Yes. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, so they do a great job at making musicals without it seeming like a musical. And I think that's something that's really uh, unique about this movie. And it shares it with Inside Lewin Davis as well. So, what's your favorite song from this movie, everybody? Ooh. Good question. I think my favorite is uh, before the baptism scene. I don't know, I just like feel very calm listening to that one yeah yeah that, yeah, that one. one yeah and every time i hear that song it just makes me think of oh brother where art thou i love it mm -hmm. um i don't know what my favorite would be i think their song that they sing man of constant song yeah yeah because it's just so fun to listen to and when they sing it the first time in the studio it's just like i don't know i love watching their faces and like expressions and it's just a good song to listen to great song yeah i think the siren songs is also really that good was gonna too. be mine. oh yeah yeah so good and not just because the sirens are singing it is one of the sirens the girl from walking dead which am i crazy which one oh. i need to look this up give me just talk for a second guys about something okay. are we gonna um, edit this out no 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 <laughs> i don't edit anything that takes too much work oh no you guys just get everything that we say Always. You can hear everything. I am so sorry. <laughs> Lauren Cohen. Cohan? No. Is it not? Mm -mm. Which one were you thinking? The middle or the right siren? I don't remember where they were. Were we even watching the same movie? Well, yeah, but <laughs> I didn't take note of where each siren was sitting. Oh, gosh. You didn't? I did. Yeah, Becca knew what was going on. Okay. Uh, let it be known that they pay more attention to the women in the movie than I do. <laughs> now I have to like pull up each of the sirens because I don't remember. <laughs> I don't know. It could be either. I think it was this Mia Tate girl. She's from Utah. I don't think any of them were in The Walking Dead, but I feel like I recognize... She look, it's Maggie. She looks like Maggie. I think yeah. she looks like uh, Emily Blunt. Oh, I could see that, too. But yeah, I can see Maggie. Yeah. Okay. So, let's run through here. Um, 
was I called this an Odyssey through America? That's what I titled this section. All right. Because it's based on the Odyssey <laughs> in, in America. All right. And like I said. And it deals with American history. deals with Amer- American culture more than anything else. <laughs> yeah. So uh, you get all these different uh, kind of scenes, right? So just we'll just run through chronologically. And I just made very, very quick notes on these. So please jump in. Uh, and we'll kind of talk about these scenes and what we liked about them. So first off is the the cousin scene where they walk up mm-hmm. and the kid starts shooting them. I mean, the kid, I want some Nick to census taker. What does he say? I don't remember what don't he remember. says. He says that he, he says that he like shot a census taker. He's like, Are you men from the bank? <laughs> <laughs> men got papers. <laughs> um, so obviously you take this. Um, I thought that was kind of a funny scene because you take this family who's obviously uh, pretty anti-establishment mm-hmm. I think to say the least and he helps them but then instantly turns them into the police yeah. <laughs> for the bounty and what does he say to him he's like uh, it's like I gotta take, take care, care of me and mine he's like, he's like yeah we are family but they got this depression going on yeah. <laughs> I thought that was great um, so basically that to me is uh, kind of the basis of all of it and really one of the biggest bases of American culture which is money and greed mm-hmm. and like he just sells out his family for money mm-hmm. um, and then after that is the baptism scene um, I think that religion plays a, a really interesting role in this movie because the movie doesn't really take a side on it mm-hmm. it just kind of I feel like it it examines it in a very neutral light. Yeah. And I think that how you interpret the scenes where that have to do with religion really depends on like what view you are bringing to the table. So like where, you know, Delmar and Pete run up and they get baptized in there. We've been saved. <laughs> that preacher, he told me I was absolved. As he say, he's like, I thought you said you were innocent in that. Well, I lied, but he said I'm absolved of that <laughs> sin too. <laughs> <laughs> I think that how you how you take that whether it comes across as ridiculous or sweet or whatever I think really depends on I guess your your view and what you bring to the scene and I think that's I guess an interesting way to write a scene. Well, and I love also like you mentioned before watching a movie about like dumb people who don't know they're dumb, how they just like think they're just literally saved and then Everett's like, well, that doesn't do anything for the state. Like, they don't, mm. they don't <laughs> see this. And then immediately after, they pick up Tommy, who gets in the car, and he's like, yeah, I just sold my soul to the devil. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just all so, like, literal. Mm-hmm. And they take it so literally that it just makes it so funny and entertaining to watch. I think... Uh, George Clooney, it's hard to call it a monologue because it's so short, but his his line in that scene where they're in the car after they pick <laughs> up Tommy, he says that he sold his soul to the devil. And he's like, well, that, he's like, what does he say? Like, the spiritual airspace is getting very crowded. Yeah. Because Pete and Delmar were just safe, so I think I'm the only one who remains unaffiliated or something <laughs> like that. <Yeah. laughs> oh, man. I just, can't get, I just can't get out of the dialogue in this movie. It's so good. Oh, it's so good. Um, let's see and I loved the this was this wasn't really a scene so much as it was a, a running thing but the race for governor oh yeah what did you guys think about the race for governor who do you want to win neither neither well I don't know that's what, kind of one thing I put in my notes I didn't care for those scenes I mean like I don't really feel like it did a whole lot for the story um I mean, I had some funny, interesting parts, and kind of towards the end, it kind of plays in a little more, but I don't know. I kind of feel like it could have been fine without it. Hmm. Hmm. That's just my thinking. I had to find one flaw in this movie. (laughs) See, I quite like those scenes because, again, when I, um, I guess, made that comparison for, like, Forrest Gump for culture rather than history, Mm -hmm. um... You know, politics are a huge part of our culture, mm-hmm. and they just put the politicians in a lot of different situations that I think kind of examines kind of the the good and bad of politics. 
so like they're coming out of the they're coming out of the recording studio the first time and the governor the incumbent is going in i forget all their names old pappy or whatever his name is yeah he's going in and his son is like well don't you want to shake their hands and promote yourself or whatever and he's like we're going for mass communication i don't care about shaking hands like (laughs) and just the idea that again like politicians generally don't care about individuals and Mm -hmm. really their only goal is to just get elected and stay elected so even when presented with the opportunity to like meet the people Mm -hmm. he's just not mass communication (laughs) (laughs) well now that makes a little more sense and i think that that continues through even to the end where like we're presented with um, the reform candidate. What's his name? Mm, Homer. Homer. And he seems it's like a decent Homer. dude, apart from the fact that he has like a dwarf for a mascot. And he's the leader of a KKK group. That's where I'm but going we don't, with we this. don't, find, we that don't out. find that out. <laughs> so, I mean, which uh, I mean, having a dwarf for a mascot is a little bit insensitive, but yeah. also hilarious because his slogan is "Friend of the Little Man." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, and I can, I don't know, I can kind of see both of your points where, Sid, you're saying, like, you don't really like the those scenes. And for me, the movie was just, like, fun to watch, and I didn't really get a lot of, like, what you got out of it, Andrew, with the different, um, like, culture of America or whatever. But with you, like, using that comparison, I can see how there is a lot of things to compare, and you can get more out of the movie. But for me, I just didn't really care about that. I just enjoyed it as a movie as a whole. That's so fair. I get both your points. That's fair. Yeah. And then uh, that's kind of where I'm going with this, though, is that at the end, like he's the candidate that we're taught to like. He's got a good, he's got a good public image. He's mm-hmm. a friend of the little man. He's helping the people out. Then he loses it. But like he's also the leader, leader of, of the a KKK. branch of the KKK. <laughs> 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 like kind of out of nowhere. <laughs> um. So I think that the way that they handled politics in this movie was, I guess, interesting and teaches the lesson as well that you can't trust them. Mm-hmm. Um, one that I didn't get, and I'm curious your guys' thoughts on this, is uh, the robber. What's his name? George. Was it George Lewis? George something. That's George it. Nelson. Yeah. George yeah, Nelson. Babyface George Nelson. Why does he shoot the cow? He hates cows. Well, but it ended up working because he shot the cows and the cows came <laughs> into the road and stopped the cops. But why, did he, but <laughs> why did he shoot the cow in the first place? I don't know. He's just a weird guy who just like does what he does. He just like is letting all this money fly out of his window. And he's like, oh, I don't like cows either. <laughs> well, he was based on a real person, a real uh, gangster named Lester M. Gillis. Who was known for a hot temper and an itchy trigger finger. So, well, there you go. Maybe he just found a target and went for it. See, where where you, how you feel about the politician scenes, I'm like, I don't understand why he was in it. Yeah, I can see that. That's fair. One thing that I loved, I think, or I guess just thought was funny, is just how small this whole world was. Like, they ran into everybody mm-hmm. over and over yeah. and over, and there was only, like... 30 people in the whole world of oh, yeah, you oh gotta, brother you gotta think though. about it though like i mean how far could they have really gotten they were on foot yeah, most of the time it's yeah. true and those cars didn't go very fast back then <laughs> like i can't imagine they got too far just geographically i don't know it's just funny to see them like pass by the governor and the other guy running for yeah. office like mm-hmm. all the time they're just passing all of these people and then we just see them over and over and the uh, the Soggy Bottom Boys. That's just a great name. <laughs> um, there were several scenes as well, I thought, that uh, dealt with race in interesting ways. Because obviously, mm-hmm. race has always been a, a hot-button thing in America. Has always been, most likely always will be. Yeah. Um, and they, they drop a lot of jokes that I think probably deserve some examination. That this might not be the right forum for them. But, like, when they're at the recording studio and the guy's eyes are all tricked out, <laughs> he's like, why, yes, we, we, we do do Negro songs. He's <laughs> like, oh. <laughs> and they say that they're all black, except for our accompanist here. <laughs> you know, well, actually, we're all white, except our accompanist here. <laughs> <laughs> the idea that, like, and they do a lot of tricks like that specifically where people can't see 
and make assumptions and then when they can see their assumptions are changed right so yeah like that guy's blind and they tell him that they're black he's like oh well, i don't want you here then like, mm. oh we're actually we're white he's like all right come sing <laughs> <laughs> and then the same thing with the kkk scene they're all in their uniforms and as soon as the hood gets pulled off what does he say the color guard is colored yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um i don't know it's just i just like i mean it's it's not super deep but just interesting i guess uh it's like a toned down version of did you guys ever see that dave Chappelle skit it was the what's it called i don't remember he's so he's he's blind i've seen and he's a member of the kkk of <laughs> and he doesn't know that he's black yeah he thinks he's white, <laughs> and he thinks he's white. <laughs> Um, I think I have seen this. So I think it's a, a, it's almost like a toned down version of what that skit is trying to say, <laughs> which it's highly inappropriate. Yes. Um, because it's Dave Chappelle. But I think it's a, just interesting, like the way that they take those scenes and twist them where, like I said, people have certain assumptions about other characters mm-hmm. and then when they find out what race they are, they, they just flip on it. I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah. Um... How about John Goodman in this? It's a Coen Brothers movie, so of course John Goodman has to make an appearance. <laughs> what do we think about his character? I think he's good. I think he's just a funny uh, antagonist, and I love John Goodman. I think he's good in this. I love uh, probably my favorite moment of George Clooney's acting is during that scene when they're all eaten under the <laughs> under the tree. <laughs> And John Goodman is just beating the snot out of Delmar. <laughs> like, I don't get it. I don't get it. What's, I'm still eating this what's corn. Going, what's going on, Big Dan? <laughs> and he's got this dumb, dumb look on his face as John Goodman smacks him in the face with a branch. And you see the corn go flying out of his mouth. I don't know. Like, that line, that delivery. What's going on, Big Dan? <laughs> That's got to be my favorite moment that George oh, Clooney has gosh. in this movie. I think George Clooney is so good in this. And I think he's a very underrated comedic actor. Yeah. One of my favorite parts of him is when they take his hood off at the KKK rally. And his eyebrows are just insane. And just like, <laughs> he just looks so confused. And it's just, it's so, it's weird. Like, he's still handsome in this, but he's not his normal handsome. He's a Dapper Dan man. Yeah. But it's just like, it's kind of <laughs> weird to see him more rugged. And it's, he's, he's just so funny in this one. So funny. His hair nets. Oh my gosh. Every time he wakes up, my hair. My hair. What does he say? I suppose it would be the peak of ignorance to ask you if you had a hair net. <laughs> yes. Um, and then finally, one of the the last, or the second to last thing, the second to last scene I wanted to bring up is the wedding. Where it kind of they're kind of unmasked. I mean, the, the new candidate for governor is trying to, like, unmask them for ruining his KKK rally. But it comes out that they're criminals, basically. Mm-hmm. And the whole wedding is like, nah, we like them. We, they make mm-hmm. good music. And so the governor pardons them. <laughs> which I think is, uh, I guess, just another, uh, for me, another commentary on American culture. That basically celebrities get away with everything and anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're just not subject to the same rules as us. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I don't know. I thought that was interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. Like, again, like I said earlier, I feel like I got no lessons out of this movie because I wasn't looking for it, I guess, and just enjoying it. But you're right. Like, there's a lot of those things about specifically politics and celebrities and culture and race that I didn't realize until just now. Well, it's like the the politician can use these guys as gain for his... Uh, running for governor. That's the other mm-hmm. thing. So, yeah, he pardons them no matter... He doesn't know what they've done. Mm-hmm. He's just like, okay, you're pardoned. And then he wins popularity with people. Yeah, exactly. sees the opportunity and takes it. Yeah. You know, politicians take any any event, good or bad, and flip, flip it to make it about them. Yeah. yeah. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, and that, back to what you said, um, kind of where you just watched it and were entertained and it was funny. Um, but there were... I mean, there obviously is some deeper commentary. I don't know if there's... I don't know if it's one of those movies that, like, asks deep philosophical questions. I really do just think it's an examination or, like, an observation of of culture. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is really the beauty of the Coen brothers' writing, and specifically their comedic writing. Um, 
is I think that at, at least every Coen Brother movie that I've seen, you can watch and just enjoy it and be like, wow, that was a good movie. Or wow, that was a funny movie. Mm-hmm. But when you take a second to think about it, they're really good at kind of hiding their themes just within really good dialogue. Mm-hmm. So again, Sid, did you say you've seen Burn After Reading? Mm-hmm. I'm reminded of that a lot because that movie's hilarious. Mm-hmm. And it also is just about dumb people who don't know they're dumb. <laughs> but again, there's a lot of commentary on, um, you know, crime and punishment and uh-huh. law and politics and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I think that, that I, I think that, that is uh, probably one of the strongest aspects of the Coen brothers' writing is that, like I said, they're able to take those themes and mask them so that you're not watching like you're not obviously watching like an art house movie and it's not throwing its abstractness in your face and it doesn't like kind of promote itself as being more than it is but there is more going on under the surface and Mm -hmm. i think that's why they've become so popular over the years is is that anybody can enjoy it but for those who are willing to look there definitely is more yeah yeah and i think that is what i appreciate about this movie is that it is so like accessible i guess like it's just fun and easy to watch but for people who want more there's more to it or even like no country for old man or inside lewin davis where the tone is a little bit darker you could still just watch those and they're just well made enjoyable to watch movies mm-hmm. with a lot going on under the surface yeah which is what makes no country for old men a great movie mm, well i i would argue with that one because i don't know if it was as enjoyable as the others i've seen from the coen brothers that's fine <laughs> um and then I'm curious your guys' thoughts on this as well. Because um, at the end, at the end of all of it, um, they are, in a sense, baptized by nature. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he finally does get down and ask for help. Succumbs to, I guess, the appeal of faith. And the blood comes in and, and baptizes them all, yeah. essentially. Yeah. But then the second that he's out of trouble, he's like, now there's a perfectly scientific explanation for all this. (laughs) They're going to flood this valley with everything on hydroelectric power. (laughs) I don't know. Um, What are you guys' thoughts on the ending? What do you think of the ending? I thought it was super fitting just because that's just how their whole life went and the whole story went was just like everything tended to work out. And like he did say the entire movie, like, oh, they're going to flood the valley. we got to get here and, like, get the treasure before they flood it. And we have to do it by this day. So, you know, like, we knew there was going to be a flood coming. It just happened to be at the perfect moment. And I just thought it was... Literally down to the second. Yeah. (laughs) I just thought it was so great. Just because, obviously, so unrealistic. Like, something like that would never happen. But it did in this movie. And it just fit the whole feel of the movie that everything's just gonna work out for him anyway except for he gets the wrong ring yeah (laughs) so he's gotta go swimming i gotta say one of my other favorite moments is i forget what he calls it but at the end where they're all floating he's like look there's tommy tommy what you riding (laughs) what is it what's it called the desk Uh, the round it's like a rotary desk or something like that yeah just the, the way the way the way he delivers that line, I think, is just <laughs> genius. Who is that guy? Who plays him? Uh, you guys know? I was looking at. I think it's like Charles Chris Thomas King. Chris Thomas King. What has he done? Um, he's in Ray, and oh, he does like soundtrack for other movies. Oh, he's really not in very much. Mm-mm. Hmm. It's only got nine acting credits. Yeah, look at him go plays blind willie johnson in soul of a man it was a a blues player sold a soul of the devil interesting yeah um so those were most of kind of the things that i wanted to run through um but then the end the last thing that i had on here um i guess that was it as far as that topic goes as far as again like i said my my forest gump of american culture mm-hmm. um i think that covered most of them and again, like I said, I don't think there's a lot of like deep ruminations on it. I think it's just an observation of kind of the things that we as Americans hold dear, which are basically religion and money and power. Yeah. <laughs> and it's a balance between all of those things. Mm-hmm. And you see kind of all three of them fighting in this movie. Yeah. So I think that's interesting. Um, and the last one is the recurrence of the song to look on the sunny side of life. <laughs> and I think that's another one of the movie's big messages because he really is like regardless of how his life is going 
uh, Everett's. He he's a happy guy. Yeah. He's always happy because he always looks on the sunny side of life. <laughs> so do that, kids. That's what got him out of jail. It's what got him out of a burning barn. It's what got him out of... Two burning barns. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> death. I really want to go back death. in time to when the police's <laughs> first uh, like measure was just to burn down the building that a criminal was inside of. <laughs> Can we go back to those times? Well, it's just so great. Like, they throw in a torch, and then they just throw it back out. <laughs> like, all the bullets and guns are just going on. Oh, yeah. It just seems like such an obvious thing that would happen. Like, if you throw a, a torch at someone, they can throw it back. <laughs> and the little boy just comes in with the car. Going R-U-N-N-O-F-T. <laughs> Scott, what does he have? Like bricks strapped to his feet? Yes. <laughs> oh, man. oh so good. It's just a funny movie. It's so. It funny. really is. Like I said, I mean, like yeah, you can you can be boring like me and dig into all this crap, or you can just sit back and go for a ride, and it's just fun well, to watch. I think like you can have both. Like as you're watching the movie, you can enjoy how stupid and how funny it is, mm -hmm. and then afterwards, it you know you can think about it and think about the themes that are in it. So I think that's something, another thing that the Coen brothers do well is they make an enjoyable movie that stays with you afterwards. I think that's a great way to put it because I just enjoyed the movie and didn't think anything else of it. But mm -hmm. now I'm able to think about some of those maybe deeper things. Yeah. Go Joel and Ethan. They're doing great work. Yes. It's really funny how they were credited in this movie too. Ethan was a producer, but Joel directed it and they both... They both wrote it, even mm. though they both did all of those things. <laughs> I don't know how they pick it. Yeah. Um, so those were all of my notes on Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Um, one it? other scene I want to mention really quick, just while we're talking about funny scenes. I mean, really, the whole movie. But I love the scene when he's in the shop and, like, first runs into his wife and her fiancé's there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and they, like, get in a fight. I don't know. Stances. It's just... It's hilarious because like everett can't punch him but he's yeah. like trying so hard yeah. and he just keeps getting punched and like comes back up and his face is like his eyes are all wide and he's just like not giving up but gets thrown out anyway and like well that's another thing that runs through it kind of is that everett while endlessly positive is bad at everything yeah he's not a good fighter like none of them could fight their way out of anything mm -hmm. <laughs> Like, they just sing their way out of things or luck their way out of things. <laughs> well, I, thought it, I thought it was kind of a funny contrast as well. Um, and I don't know what they're trying to say with this. But they meet up with uh, Tommy, and he's just sold the soul to the devil to be able to play the guitar. <laughs> and then they're all just, like, miraculously fantastic singers. And have yeah. a song? Like, <laughs> would they write it? Or? Exactly. So it's like, Tommy sold the soul to the devil, and what did these guys do? <laughs> <laughs> um that was funny yeah so, any other scenes oh one more the the one general store he's like this is a geographic oh. oddity two weeks from everywhere <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> i know i love the shop owner how he's just like it'll be here in two weeks and like oh we're all out of that <laughs> i do not carry dapper dan if you want some i can order it for I you fop. <laughs> well i don't want fop i want dapper dan i'm a dapper dan man <laughs> Any scenes that we missed that were good? No, I think we got the best of them. All right. Yeah. Uh, uh. Oh, wait. One other scene that just cracked me up. I just saw my notes and I wrote it down. Was it when they're in the movie theater? <laughs> and they're sitting there and all the prisoners oh, yeah. come back in. He's like, do not. Go after the treasure. I also, there will be an ambush. I love how they all say, or especially Delmar, how he says treasure. Treasure. Yeah. We thought you, you were a toad. I love, like, he's like, what? And the second time he says it, he says it even quieter. Yeah. We thought you was a toad. Just good stuff. Yeah. It's just good stuff. It's just so subtle and stupid i love it mm -hmm. <laughs> 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 oh 
trivia. Sid, what? what? Hang on, you ready for this? Check it out. Trivia. Sid, what? We got a sample now, folks. Trivia. I worked really hard to get it working. So, <laughs> uh, but we are moving on to trivia, Sid. Thank you. It's great to be here. Great to be here with you. Um. Okay. So one of one thing that I want to bring up earlier, but I saved it for now, is uh, the film soundtrack was super successful. It uh, says it even surpassed the success of the movie. Um, I know. That's crazy. Um, it said it sold 5 million copies, uh, spawned a documentary, and three follow-up albums. Wow. Which That's kind of like accidentally super meta. I know. Yeah. I love it. And uh, <laughs> it also won five Grammys, including Album of the Year, hit number one on the Billboard album charts, and it's just it's so it's just another testament of how good it is. It's so good. That's cool. I know. Oh, that was really weird and awesome. <laughs> A successful fact shared. <laughs> Thank you. Um let's see. Oh, one thing I thought that was funny is uh, the American Humane Society uh, Association um, had a lot of big problems with the cow scene. I was about to say, probably don't oh. like the cows being <laughs> yeah. They like they thought it was real, so they like demanded proof that the cow was fine and all this. And um, normally at the end of movies, you know, they'll say all animals in this movie were not harmed, but at the end, uh, instead of their normal, they say. Scenes which may appear to place an animal in jeopardy were simulated, which I thought was... I didn't like that part, though. It made me sad with the cow. It did make me sad. It was such an awkward laughter that I had. I was, I was laughing, but I was like, I feel bad I that I'm laughing. I was like, oh, no. Well, and did you notice when they're, like, marching away, George, they have a cow? Yeah. Yeah. And they're walking And there's by. some woman, she's like, cow killer. It's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so funny. more facts <laughs> um tim blake nelson who played uh, delmar mm-hmm. um he was joel cohen's neighbor and uh when they gave him the script uh nelson just thought they were giving it to him as advice because uh he was a former classics major in like the classic literature oh, so he probably knew the odyssey pretty well mm-hmm. wow hmm. yeah that's interesting Oh, I thought this one was really funny. Um, so there are about 350 extras uh, for the Klan rally. Um, and Can we talk about their dance number? It was really good. <laughs> it was good. Like, speaking as someone who used to dance, like, there was a lot of effort put into that. Yeah, very like, choreographed. The lines and the formations, they were great. Yeah, it's they hard to do. Hands on each other's shoulders to form the cross. And the <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so... Many of the extras for that were African Americans, which, mm. and so as I was thinking, I was like, so probably when they're doing like the close-ups, and they're like at the front of it, they probably had to pull some of them aside and be like, I know this is really awkward, but we need you to head to the back for this scene, <laughs> <laughs> because you could see their eyes in it, yeah. and, like, and like their hands, yeah. and but yeah. it's just so funny, and apparently. You, uh, Joel Cohen said that he heard some of them saying, like, this is the freakiest thing. There's, oh, it's so funny. <laughs> and I have one more for you. Did you guys notice that the blind studio recorder is the blind art dealer from Get Out? That's where I know him from. Oh. Huh. I did not realize that. That's some mighty fine trivia today. Thank yeah, you. it is. Thank you, thank you. Might be the best trivia so far. <gasps> I hope to outdo myself trivia every week. Sid. You peaked, <laughs> and I'd like you to peak again next week. <laughs> Lots of pressure. <laughs> trivia, Sid. What? what? The stereo. I said it well. Sound was happening. <laughs> All right. Um. Anything else?
thoughts on Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Hmm. I mean, if you haven't seen it, go oh, watch it. You gotta do ratings. Oh, ratings. Okay, Becca. Let's do it. Let's go around with Becca. Hmm. Uh, final thoughts and rating out of 10. All right. Um, I think my final thought is the same as the first, is that it's just like a great entertaining movie. The colors are amazing. The music is amazing. It's just fun to watch. And, oh, rating. It's so hard to compare to other movies, I feel like. I think I would give it a 7.8. Right on. Sit. Final thoughts and rating. Um, this is just, again, one of my favorites. I think it's so funny. Um, it's just, it's honestly going to be like a classic for me. Kind of one that I'm just going to watch forever and love forever. Um, for rating, I'm probably going to give it a solid 8. Uh, my final thoughts are that this movie is hilarious, and I love it. Um, and I think that overall I will also give it an 8. So, right. um, for those of you who don't know, so my, uh, Becca and my Becca and I, we are Weston Skos. And Sid, you can be an honorary Weston Sko. Because you. I decided that we should start rating things on a Weston scale. <laughs> and the Western scale so funny is used exclusively to rate movies on a on a oh, scale of one to ten. Boy. So on the Western scale, <laughs> Oh Brother Where Art Thou achieves an aggregate rating of seven point nine five. Yes. Which I think is fair. Yeah, that's a great rating. It's a good movie. Yeah. Go watch it. It's funny. Yeah, do it. You'll enjoy it. Uh, moving on to our last subject of other topics. What else have we watched? Um, I went and saw Sorry to Bother You the other day. Ooh. What is that? So that is uh, a recent Sundance uh, movie. It's, it's, it's a trip, that's for sure. It's is about, it about the like telemarketer yeah. one? So it's about uh, this. He's a black telemarketer, uh, Lakeith Stein, Steinfeld. Um, and in order to be a better telemarketer he adopts a white person voice and it just and he takes off he goes on to bigger better experiences it's so funny but it's so weird uh it gets a little too weird for me towards the end but like not enough that i wouldn't watch it again or i would walk out like the 60 year old grandma did when i went to go see it <laughs> um even though i definitely see my future in that going to see a movie at 10 o'clock in the morning on a Tuesday with a fanny pack. <laughs> so, That's but awesome. yeah, I thought it was really good. It was really weird. But, yeah. I can't wait till I'm old enough and my sensibilities become weak enough that I will walk out of a movie. I've never walked out of a movie. I almost have. Out. We should have walked out of The Snowman. Is that what it was yeah, called? Yeah, we definitely should have walked out of that. was a terrible movie. I almost walked out of Hereditary. That was the first time I've ever really wanted to walk out of a movie. What a shame. And then I went and saw it a second time. Wait, yep. no, I did walk out of one, but that's just because I was sick. So it doesn't count, actually. I did walk out of uh, Shrek 2, but also because I was sick. Mm. And then I came back. Mm. So I'm not going to miss that. Yeah. I left uh, Pirates of the Caribbean 2, and I was in love with Orlando Bloom. So it was heart-wrenching to leave halfway through. <laughs> so. I don't really know if I've watched any movies since the last time i don't think we have we've been very busy yeah i don't think we've watched any movies just tv shows i did um i did buy a couple of movies off of amazon mm. that we need to watch uh the first one is not going to be here until the end of august but the criterion collection finally chose the tree of life to be reissued um and they did a 4k remaster with the help of the director and cinematographer uh, for those of you who don't know, Tree of Life is probably my favorite movie ever. Even better than Blade Runner 2049? Um, I think so, yeah. I feel like they can't even it's, it's totally hard to, it's compare because to, to they're so different. When I say my favorite, it's I think it's the movie that has like been most impactful in my life. Yeah. Maybe second to like Eternal Sunshine. Yeah. 
as far as like I said, movies that have impacted me. I, I when I look at like Blade Runner or There Will Be Blood, which are the ones that I always mention, obviously. Like I think that compositionally they are perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, and Tree of Life, I think, is as well. But this one that they reissued, they did it uh, with an there's an extended cut that's like four hours long. So I'm definitely gonna watch that. Yes. And <laughs> then. Um, Amazon, for some reason, discounted a bunch of their Criterion stuff, so I bought the Criterion reissue of Stalker, which is a um, Tarkovsky film. It's, it's in Russian. It's a sci-fi movie. Basically, on Reddit, everybody says that like Annihilation and Blade Runner and that style of sci-fi movie take a lot from Stalker. And I was like, oh, it's on sale. I've got some points, so I'll buy it. So I want to try and find the time very soon to watch Stalker. So I'm saying it on here so that I will actually go through with it. All right. But yeah, we've just been really busy. So I don't think I mean, we watched The Bachelorette. Yeah. Go watch The Bachelorette, people. Or you don't, don't. You don't have to. <laughs> yeah, don't. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I don't think that I've watched a movie since Annihilation. Dude, I've watched. Week. I don't even know how many movies I've watched. Let's the ones of note that I've watched, I watched uh, Pan's Labyrinth yesterday. Ooh, had you seen it before? Uh-uh. What'd you think? I really liked it. I, I thought it was good. Movie. It was... I love that movie. Really dark and violent, but it was good. I thought it was really good. Um, then I watched Only Lovers Left Alive. I don't know what that is. It's a vampire, like a, uh, it's got Tom Hiddleston and Tilda Swinton. It's like a, it's a slow burn vampire one. What? It was pretty mm. interesting. And then uh, I felt like watching a garbage movie, so I watched The Village last week. What do you mean a garbage movie? I love The Village. I, love the village. Mm. I mean, it's fine. Adrian Brody so kills good. it in that That's movie, true. and so does Bryce Dallas Howard. And also, music? did you know Jesse Eisenberg is in that? No, he's not. Yes, he is. Really? Yeah, and like the one scene where the guy's on the tree stump with his back to the forest and sure. stands out. That's him. Is that? Mm-hmm. And then I also felt like watching another garbage movie, and I watched uh, two of the Twilights. I almost went to see Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again, Wait, last night. I started the first one because I've never seen it. Oh, and really? no one will shut up about the new one. Oh, I don't like it. That's yeah, fine. see, I watched Mamma Mia, the first one, probably four or five times in theaters. Wow. Okay. Mostly because of my mom and my grandma. I kind of figured that you'd be into that movie. We went to the sing-along what version, figures? so we'd mm-hmm. go with like... 15 people jeez that's the most obnoxious thing i've ever heard of yeah we would have mama mia parties like once a year and make oh, a bunch you of just Greek had food. A mia we party. did it was for my grandma's 80th birthday we had a mama I mia mean, party it's been fine so far it just it feels very much like a musical where yeah like how we talked about earlier that it's just like jumping into random it's music. it's honestly not a great movie but it's i love it because my family loves it and there's just like a lot of good memories around it mm-hmm. so i do want to go see the second one mm. just for that I reason it's really good i do too oh. and i almost did but i had to do laundry instead so that's super lame being an adult sucks yeah it does mm-hmm. one last movie that i watched uh I was house-sitting for my parents last weekend, so I got the house to myself in their big screen, and I watched Call Me By Your Name and cried. Yay. Cried a lot. It's a good movie. It's a mm-hmm. great movie. I still can't believe that Army your Hammer? first instinct what? to watch a garbage movie was to watch The Village. Well, okay. No, first instinct to watch a garbage movie was, like, the Twilight ones. And then I was like, mm, I kind of feel like watching a movie that I don't really have to think about. Sure. So then I put on The, the twist isn't great. The twist is not great. I rewatching it, it's not as bad as I remember. It's not his best, but it's not his worst. I think that I think that everything but the twist in that movie is great. It's not his best for sure. Yeah. But I think that Adrian Brody kills it. I think the Bryce Dallas Howard kills it. I think the score is is that James Newton Howard that does it. Mm, I don't remember. I don't Whoever know. it is, it's one of his best. Um, that's one of the few movie scores that I can just listen to by itself. Mm-hmm. Um, I think all of the acting of like the people on the council and everything and i think that if the movie just didn't have the twist even if it was old-timey but they had invented the monsters to keep the people scared and whatnot i think that would have been fine yeah like that's twist enough you yep. know what i mean yeah and then you have adrian brody falling into the pit and that's all sad and you learn your lesson and blah blah, blah mm-hmm. and then he just like throws in the twist but yeah i could see that. i mean it's not signs and it's not the sixth sense mm-hmm. and it's not 
split and it's not unbreakable. Yeah. And it's not even. Uh, it's probably better than Devil. I think it's better than Devil. Yeah, I'd probably say so. So it's not as worst. It's not. It's not the happening. Or it's not the happening. I forgot. Lady that. in the Water. Lady in the Water, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's right in the middle of the pack as far as Shyamalan movies go. Yeah. But I wouldn't say it's garbage. I think it has a lot going for it. I think the twist All just right. ruins it. I'll give that to you. Yeah. So that's my quick take on Village. The village. <laughs> um, anything else? Hmm. I don't nope. think so. I think that's it for it's this good. week. It's been a good week been good uh join us next week where we discuss david fincher's gone girl yes have we all seen it before no you haven't seen it it's on my list okay it's been like so excited i have like a through f blocked out i've watched all of those and then from g to m i've watched all of those and gone girl is just right in the middle i've been saving it for you guys okay so next week we're watching gone girl yes and it's gonna be great sweet um but yeah i'm andrew i'm becca i'm sid and we love you all Yes. Love you. Good night. Bye. Bye.